0: Hello and welcome to the podcast. It's so good to be here today and I'm really excited because as you know this is part of my Brightness of Stars series where I'm introducing to you people who have taken part in the book which is really really exciting. The book The Brightness of Stars um, as I hope you've kind of picked up now is coming out in May, May 2022 And I wrote that book, first of all, back in 2013. Uh, It was published a a year or so later. Um, But the book is now coming out as third edition and Routledge are publishing it. And it is quite different. It has a lot of new stuff in it. It has new contributors. Um, But today I am joined by Diane, who joined me in my endeavour to connect and collaborate and think about stories of care experienced adults before we were in social media groups and people had easy access to each other. It was a different time and Diane joined us then. So hello, Diane. Hi, Lisa. It's so good to have you here. Thank you. And in this introduction, I guess my first question, because you were one of the first people um, who took part in the book and that's going back a little while now. And Mm -hmm. I wondered why in that context did you decide um, to take part in it um, and what it meant to you to do so? So.
1: I remember following you on Twitter and I don't even know how I got to do that, but I but I did. And I was um, interested, because of the conversations that you were having at that time, as I recall, and it was a while ago now, as you say, I realised, because I'd never regarded myself as somebody that had been in care, that I realised that I had been. It's a funny thing to say. And when you asked me to contribute initially, it was a little bit of a shock to actually Except that I was one of those people um, and also I felt at the time that my experience hadn't been overtly negative um, and I did wonder whether I could offer anything because I, I feel that the care journey being in care for I don't know I was about to say most but for many um is a horrible experience it's not a great experience but it is an experience that you survive and so when i when you asked me to do it and it made me reflect i thought "Mm, maybe i could bring a bit of sort of what it's like on the other side of the story i it wasn't too awful (laughs) but then it was actually um i i won't leap forward but but it It just brought it to mind. It helped me put a put a it took my experience, gave my experience shape and form in those in those uh, initially anyway. So that's not really asking why what I suppose say really I suppose what it was. It was just really giving I felt it was giving another side to the story that I didn't think was I thought it was a bit of a balanced maybe um, approach that it wasn't too awful.
0: Yeah. And it's interesting, isn't it? Because when you reflected in your reflection piece, and I won't give everything away, but your lens by which you understood that care experience had completely shifted.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yes, absolutely. Um, I think in a way what happened the first time round was it set me off. It was like opening a door somehow it was a door that had always been on in my in within my sight within my visions throughout my whole life it was like that was when I was in care um door you know but I opened it through the first piece and then with reflection not just when we did the reflections recently but over the years in the over the intervening years it just made me it heightened my awareness actually what what had happened or more particularly the impact that it had on me for the rest of my life
0: and and I think when you're saying that you weren't sure what you can offer actually what you really offered and offer is that understanding that things can happen in childhood that we don't realize what's happening and uh, even doing the research that I'm doing now asking people for example that they had to have been in care for three years and they had to have been permanently excluded from school it's really interesting because both of those things can be really hard for people to know if they happen to them yeah so I found myself in lots of email interchanges with people uh, where they were asking me, is that what that that meant? Is that what happened yeah. to me? And I think that's really important because often those working um, with care experienced adults or with um, children, young people in care, there's this idea that children understand and know what's going on in their lives, mm. whereas mm. actually a lot of that language mm. um is 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 professional language mm. and, and so to say to somebody have you been in care or even worse than that why were you in care a child often doesn't know and that might be why they then go and get their files or something to make that discovery and i think it's really important that that's understood and i think that that's something really profound that you bring actually mm. well um Yes, thank you. I mean, it
1: was, I think, I I don't know, but I think possibly up until the time that we did that bit of work together all those years ago, as I said, I don't think I regarded myself as being in care. I just happened to be in a foster home. Mm. <laughs> it just didn't twig. But I think also, um, and I, I'm not sure what the mileage is now, because at my age, in my 60s, of course, I was. I started off in care at the back end of the 50s, my God, you know, 100 years ago. I don't know what would have been said to me then, if anything. Um, and then all the changes that went on uh, and, and, and being in a foster home and not have any, I, I do remember not having any idea what was going to happen next. And um, I think that was uh, that came out um, as an adult when um, I never, whenever I was got, a, got my suitcase out. It, it kind of it gave me a bit of a wobble. And so even when I was going on holiday and I got my suitcase out, it was only later on when I was having some bereavement counselling did I realise that it was probably a shadow from my from my early years where I had no idea what was going to happen. So every time my, my little suitcase or my, probably my little suitcase came out, I never knew whether I was going for uh, where I was going, when I was going, how long I was going for, all those sort of things. And although I thought I sort of breezed through the whole thing, it's only later on that I realised that clearly I didn't because, you know, getting the suitcase out just <laughs> made me a bit unhinged. Ironic that I landed up in the travel business and travelling everywhere, so I spent a lot of time feeling relatively unhinged, but I never enjoyed it. I never enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. But um, I think the acknowledge, I don't know whether, you know, people in their 30, 20s and 30s, I'm assuming that they have a, a clearer idea about what happened to them and what was happening. But certainly from my point of view, i I didn't really twig that I had been in care until later
0: yeah and one of the strengths of the book I think is that it cuts across a multitude of decades and all embedded in their own different legislation and um, uh, different acts um, and different ways of seeing things but I think one of the fundamental shifts has to be that there is a language because even as someone in care in the 80s, I don't remember there being a language by which to explain anything to anybody. um You know, people rather than saying "were you in care," people might say, "Did you did you live in a in foster care or something?" So you might have a the language was just very different, and I that's why I didn't talk about it for so long. And, and I'm a little bit younger than you, and I think that's a really important shift but do i think that children young people are more aware of what's going on with them i would say it's probably very varied uh much like the care experiences and it's been really lovely because there are people in the book in their 60s 50s 40s 30s and 20s which is really nice um And so we can see perhaps through the book threads of things that have changed, things that haven't changed, things that persist. Um, But it's and the other thing that you're also raising as you're speaking is around how we carry traumas in the body. And if we don't have a language for them or a way of talking about them, then they'll show up in those moments Mm. which you describe so well. Mm. Um, So, yeah, so are you um are you quite excited about the new book coming out I am yes I am um I'd be very interested to read the, the reflections of others mm. uh,
1: because as I said when I did mine I realized how much in 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 my world in my language how much further I have come because I've always you know when I did the first bit I would I if you'd asked me I'd said yeah you know I'm I'm very aware of who I am, what I've experienced, and I'm yes, I'm a product of my upbringing, and I'm I'm a survivor, and I'm this, and I'm that, and yeah, you know, I've come come out of it fairly okay. But then, x number of years down the road, I've realised when I've kind of looked back down the timeline and just observed myself, and just um, I've also spoken to other people, things have come up, and I've had I've had other. I suppose I hate to use the word therapy, but I suppose that's exactly what it is. And I've been very, very fortunate because I've had a very, um, uh, I've had an excellent um, therapist who's helped me with all sorts of things. But it it made me realise that, in fact, the vision I have in my mind about how I came through that period, I think initially it was like, you can imagine a battlefield, And I initially thought with my first piece that I'd sort of come off the other end with a a bit of mud and a few bruises and a bit, you know. But now when I look back on that experience uh, as a child and what it did to me over those years, I realised in terms of the battlefield, i crawled off the other end, blooded and weary and, you know, literally (laughs) clawing my way out of that period of time because... The way that I'd coped with it all was just to shut down. So when I wrote the first piece, I couldn't, I didn't connect with all that pain. I I couldn't because that's not, that's not how I survived. Um, I survived by doing the emotional equivalent of sticking my fingers in my ears and and humming um, so that I didn't, I didn't fully experience the, the lack of care and, the sense of being a cuckoo in the nest, which of course I was when you're in a foster home, that's exactly what you are. And when you keep going to different schools, that's exactly who you are. And the only thing I experienced as, as a child as an indicator of how distressing I found everything was when I stopped talking when I was about nine, and I stopped talking for about six months. and um, And that was when my foster parents went off to Australia, literally never to be seen or heard of as far as I was concerned ever again. And that of course in in a in a nine year old in a for a nine year old that would be another bereavement. That would have been another death, you know. Mm Um so that was the only thing I had. But then as I said, as time went on, I I realized um certainly writing the second piece that I'd I suppose I'm fortunate because I had the opportunity to make some pretty dodgy choices as I got older. And I think because I had shut down and not fully engaged with the horror, you know, the the discomfort, the sadness, that's more the words with being in care, um, I kind of just bumped along. But what I've come to find out is that shutting down, shutting out the pain... It's like the um, the inmates taking over the asylum, if I'm allowed to say that, because in the end, in order to cope with the pain and the discomfort and you shut that down, you don't have the choice about what you shut down. So you also shut down joy and happiness, excitement, engagement, all those things that you do if you're if you're if you're open and you're experiencing the negative stuff you experience and the good stuff if you're not experiencing the negative stuff unfortunately you can't experience the good stuff and that's what i've learned more particularly uh, in recent years and i consciously because uh, one of my grandsons lives with me uh, i consciously make the effort to engage with these things because i don't it's very natural even after all this time it changed me to the point so I could cope. It changed me so much as a child in my formative years that it's, it's having that awareness now that it changed me and how it changed me that has allowed me to think, okay, you know, I, I need to now engage in life. And
0: mm-hmm.
1: that's, that's what I've done, uh, or that's what I'm doing, I should say. And that's not what i am done. It's what I'm,
0: I have to do on a, on a day-to-day basis. That's brilliant. Listen, Diane, I'm sure everyone's going to absolutely love reading your chapter. And thank you so much for joining me and say and introducing yourself to everybody. And, you know, I look forward to catching up with you again soon. Thanks, Lisa.